Greetings, nerds. This is Cena Nerd. I'm your host, Sarah Belmont. And with me, as always, is our Mr. Producer, Will Paul. How are you doing tonight, Will? I'm very well. Sarah, how are you doing this evening? I'm doing good. Um, we, we're going to start things out with um, a thank you to our artist, Lindsay, as we got some updated artwork for the podcast. Yep, we did. Yeah, she was very kind to offer to... to Help us dust some things off. And and also it's good because it's a standby message and and we are taking a hiatus um, for the next week. So our next podcast recording will be on April 12th. Yep. Yep. So, yep. So our hiatus coincides with a, with at least Batwoman and, and even Black Lightning uh, is, I think, also returns um, the 11th and 12th respectively. So. Nice. We yeah. planned that. We did. We did. We did it completely. <laughs> 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 no, that's good. Um, and and I I mean at this rate, we're we're gonna have two episodes of Fal- Falcon and Winter Soldier to cover, and they'll probably be really dense considering at the r- speed that that show is going through their storylines. Yeah. Um, but for, before we get into that, we do have some headlines. Star Wars news. Haven't talked them in a while. Yeah. Um, Obi Wan Kenobi show starts production next month, and they have added ten cast members, including Joel Edgerton, who's returning as Uncle Owen, and Hayden Christensen as Anakin and Darth Vader, and Kumal Nijani. Yep. Mm-hmm. That man suddenly is popping up in all of these franchises. He really is, because I know, obviously, we'll see him later in this year, hopefully, in the Eternals. Mm-hmm. And, well, I mean, he's everywhere. Yeah, you're right. Yeah, it's he, he must have had a really good business dinner with some Disney exec, who, and he's just like, I want to be in all of your top franchises. Make it happen. <laughs> exactly. <laughs> It's a good place to be. It's a good place to be. I mean, heck, I mean, even like, uh, yeah, you know, with uh, with the news of, of Star Wars, yeah, it's exciting that with this particular, with the Obi-Wan project, because it's been something that, you know, prior to Solo, that they probably would have made this a feature film, but, uh, and, and of course now it is going to be on Disney Plus, and we got, uh, you know, we did get the news about Hayden uh, Christensen uh, during the Disney Investor meeting but uh, but the other cast they dropped like eight other or nine other people today uh and um and of course the series i guess it's going to be set 10 years after um revenge of the sith so we'll have a lot of tattooing action here given especially that uh edgerton is going to be playing uncle owen is going to be in it and a host of other um i'm sure Familiar faces and names, probably, you know, given the, the way that uh, Mandalorian has really just has um, carried forward some of the characters from like the Clone Wars and other things. So we'll, I'm sure they'll probably do that in, in this series as well. Yeah. Yeah. You know, I, I know that it got announced this week that Comic-Con is setting their big return for Thanksgiving weekend. Mm-hmm. Fascinating concept, might I add. <laughs> yeah, it is. <laughs> I like theorizing with someone. I was like, well, maybe they figure this is an easy way to maybe help to foster some social distancing since a lot of people will be with their families. And 
you know, only the true diehards will be the ones that'll that'll show up. But I, I, from what I gather, uh, yeah, there's still more details to be worked out. But I'm I'm sure they'll 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 still have some you know, reasonable limits I, and stuff. I just feel bad for the celebrities who have to end up making guest appearances during yeah. that weekend. Yeah, yeah, so. it'll yeah, I, I, it'll be interesting to see. I I, I, I joked on the rundown. Uh, how uh, it's good that they're going to be doing it in person because I actually completely forgot that WonderCon was this past weekend, which is a sister event that's run by the Comic-Con International. Oh, well, I don't know. I I, I think, I don't think they're going to be able to figure out something that'll top fandom. Like the initial day of fandom, which was just a brilliant concept and executed very well. And I still remember Mm -hmm. that and just being surprised. But my point was that around Comic-Con weekend, there's always this battle of like, okay, who won Comic-Con, DC mm-hmm. or Disney? And I feel like at this point, ever since Snyder's cut drop, it's yeah. been DC's like, oh, we're, we've released the highly anticipated um, movie. I'm not going to say sequel. <laughs> <laughs> remake whatever you want to call the, it the, the official cut <laughs> <laughs> the official cut and so we're going to keep ourselves in the headlines by by reminding you that there's more to come and we are still in the business of making movies um to parallel just disney finding this wave of constantly being in the pop culture zeitgeist with mm-hmm. their shows that they're dropping yeah 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 <laughs> I mean, yeah, you had a good year, DC, to come up with these shows too. <laughs> yeah, you did, you did, and well, and and I think I think with HBO Max and 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 the Snyder Cut, I mean, I think it 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 did do what it was supposed to do. I think really, even though at the end of the day, I know first it, it still didn't do quite as well as Wonder Woman eighty four did, as far as I think initial numbers. Mm-hmm. Uh, but I, I think, and, and maybe it's just because you and I are just in the bubble of people who talk about this stuff and, and, and we monitor these things versus, you know, other folks. Cause I was talking to some folks over the weekend and and I was like, you know, what do you think about the, the Snyder cut and blah, blah. And they were like, the what? <laughs> but, uh, but at least, but I think in the, in the fandom and in the gym and, and people who really get into these got this stuff, um, I think it, definitely will draw people to HBO Max to give DC, because DC is developing shows and content for that, that platform. And so, uh, you know, so I think, we'll, you know, I think we, we, we will get that. And of course, speaking of DC, we, we also, we had quite a bit of three things as far as upcoming projects um, over the last, last few days. Yeah. Yeah. So they they managed to hear me, and they replaced Billy Crudup um, with Ron Livingston in the Flash movie. My only problem is Ron Livingston. For some reason, he always comes out very comes off very awkward to me. Yeah, I don't know what it is. Maybe it's because I'm a fan of a million li- little things, and he's the dead character. Mm-hmm. <laughs> <laughs> it's very jarring for me to be yeah. like. That. But for uh, me, it's like for me for Ron Livingston. I always, obviously, you know, go to go to Office Space, and and yeah. and also Swingers. As yeah, a, yeah. <laughs> Not bad company. Um, yeah, yeah. The movie that 
I still don't really understand if it is being made or if it's not still in pre-production. Black Adam um, has announced the release date of July 29th, 2022. Now, if we've learned anything about release dates, mm. they're flexible. Yeah, they're very <laughs> flexible. But at least we actually have a date. <laughs> we have something to look We have a temporary to. date yeah. that has been announced. Who knows if it'll get pushed back. Yeah. <laughs> And then Pierce Brosnan has joined the cast as Dr. Fate. Yep. And um, so the movie, as Will likes to explain to me and remind me every day, is getting made despite my belief that it's not. <laughs> yeah, it, it, it's, it's finally happening. I, I think w- for me, when I saw, I actually was pretty excited about uh, Pierce Brosnan being cast as, as Dr. Fate. Uh, I mean, basically, he's a JSA character. Um, and and he's sort of like the I guess the you know the this is the Doctor Strange of the DC universe being the special Wizard Supreme type character. So uh, you know he he, he of course in, he had a pretty pivotal role in the uh, Crisis on Infinite Earths in the comic book in the Silver Age as well. So uh, so I'm pretty excited about that, um, and especially given uh, Black Adam is kind of a Looks like it's going to be more of an anti-hero in in this story, anyway. So, this I'm I'm getting excited about this film it, since it actually may be getting made now. <laughs> um, a movie that we do know has been made, and they are coming out with the trailers. Granted, we have been fooled in the past. Well, I don't think you and I were because we never actually saw the original. Right. But Suicide Squad has dropped their second trailer and we should just rename it now to um john cena and idris elba um comedy hour i mean they're they they are the buddy cop dc (laughs) like that's what they're (laughs) selling us on (laughs) it's it's not like the original one where they just went all in on harley quinn and i mean she does appear in this of course but at the same time the the I was not expecting the comedic chemistry between Idris and John Cena. I wasn't expecting that either. I, I really wasn't. And I just, yeah, I mean, whenever they were, you know, the, when they were on the bus and they're like, you know, you've got the toilet on your head. <laughs> yeah. And, and, and Cena is like, if, you know, when they're walking through the jungle and, and, uh, if you, the whole dick line as far as like if you lay out you know if you know serve my country i'll eat all these dicks and i was just like i was just roll when i when i first saw the trailer i was just rolling on the floor uh, and of course i got the glimpse of polka dot man and whenever we saw the trailer uh during uh, dc fandom we that was one person that would definitely like you know really latch to early on so uh and of course king shark uh, uh you know it, I, I know you haven't watched the uh, harley quinn show on that was on dc uh universe mm-hmm. and and now it's on hbo max but check it out sometime because you'll you'll get a you'll you'll appreciate king shark more i think when you watch this film especially if, given that they're kind of playing on the same kind of themes it seems that a character was like in the, in that cartoon you know, you're not the only one to say that. I've heard that in a lot of reviews about the Harley Quinn and show, as well as anticipation for seeing King Shark on the big screen. Yeah. So, well, 
whatever screen you're watching movies on these days. Yeah, true. So, yeah. <laughs> but um, I just, for some reason, I keep forgetting. <laughs> <laughs> well, it's on HBO Max now. At one point, I told myself, yeah, I'm going to watch Harley Quinn. And you know what? Zack Snyder dropped a four-hour saga that would have to watch. <laughs> Sorry. <laughs> I think I overdosed on DC last weekend. And considering yeah. how I'm still listening to podcasts cover that saga, I'm still overdosing. <laughs> <laughs> so, yeah, we, we, you, you just confirmed what we all know, Sarah. You, you, you secretly love this film, but you'll never you'll never admit it. <laughs> I, I'm just a sucker for reactions to things. I always find how people respond to different things, especially if I've seen it. So I've already formed my own opinion, but I see how others, um, because they also make me smarter. So (laughs) each their own. Um, Moving on from one DC buddy cop drama, action, whatever you want to call it. Um, we have we're currently in the just starting a the MCU buddy cop drama with Falcon and Winter Soldier. And see, last weekend I don't think I mentioned this. The only thing that was missing was actually the chemistry mm-hmm. between Anthony Mackie and Sebastian Stan because we didn't get them together on screen. I don't think a single moment in that first episode. We didn't. So the fact that within five minutes we got them and it was just beautiful. (laughs) (laughs) I just, I, this was everybody, as soon as you saw Civil War, it was like, okay, when are we going to get the buddy cop movie between these two? They're great. And, and we finally got it. And, and I, I like how the first episode we, we, we went very in depth last week and um, had a lot of character independent structuring of these characters and of their independent journeys. This episode is like peanut butter jelly time. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> and this is what we wanted. We, they, it was like a, it was like a magic trick where they, they made us forget what we wanted and then they gave us what we wanted. And we're like that. Right. <laughs> yep. Yeah. That is so true. That is so true. But and I, you know, I, but I'm glad they structured this structured it yes. this way. Yes. Mm-hmm. Uh, because I, you know, speaking of of uh, hearing other commentary and stuff, I know some. I've seen some commentary out there about uh, you know some folks were like you know maybe they should have just gone straight to episode two and not have episode one. But you really need episode one to as you as you noted to really set them up. As far as in, as far as these individuals, because again, with these DC plus DC Disney plus shows, mm-hmm. we are you know this is really the opportunity to flesh out the phase two and three characters. Yep. That that I mean, obviously Bucky was a phase one, but um, but even then, I mean, we really didn't really learn. You know, he was a back supporting character in first Avenger. His real story really was when we saw him as winter soldier. Right. And as, you're not allowed to call him Bucky, by the way. I'm sorry. Oh, okay. Sorry. That's right. I'm not, I'm not Steve. That's right. <laughs> uh, I'm not Steve. You just so. haven't known him long enough. Right? I haven't known him long enough to call him Bucky, even though he's only been around only what, only of 106 years, but you know. <laughs> But no, uh, yeah, no, but you're you're so right, and 
us viewers never learn our lessons because we we had the same discussion about WandaVision. Mm-hmm. First few episodes really so I remember somebody distinctly hating it, but mm-hmm. we won't talk about that too much. <laughs> okay. Um, <laughs> but looking back, you're not going to have the emotional payoff right. without living in that world. And then, and also not the emotional, but like the dramatic irony in this episode specifically, if we were not to have the first episode, the couple's therapy session. Oh gosh. Yeah. (laughs) And, and I'm going to hold off on talking about the lovely comedy and just talk about the emotional beats Mm -hmm. when it comes back to the shield and what happened and the choices that these two characters made Mm -hmm. and how, Sam stands by his decision to give up the field shield. And we understand that from the first episode about why he did. Yeah. We also understand from Bucky's perspective, especially after he delivers the line that by you giving that up, it makes me think that Steve has been wrong about me because he's still in that, in that PTSD Hydra mind where He's not sure he's even worthy probably of being an Avenger or considered Avenger because of everything that he's done wrong mm-hmm. for majority of his lifetime. Um, and, and the one person who knew him before that has been taken away from him. So now to have the shield also in a way taken away from him is kind of, or given away like that, um, makes yeah. him continue down this cycle of self-destruction or so i just i don't think we would have that no, you're right without the first episode you're, you're so yeah you're so right and and i'm glad you talked about the the emotional beats in that scene because uh it really really having but when when barnes like says hey i you know questions himself questions Steve and basically his his self worth and, and you know and I guess the, the constant self doubt as as you noted that he has about uh, this and 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 the pairing that that um, Sam has with with Steve and their relationship and then also um, really getting into you. Know, Whenever Sam talked about the shield, that feels like it belongs to someone else, mm-hmm. and 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 really get into, you know, I, I don't know if I don't know if it's like imposter syndrome that Sam was yeah. feeling, yeah, um, but also it was also, and, and this episode really doubles down on how how America treats its. It treats us heroes. Yes. And really shows a, a mirror as far as like, you know, Bucky only, Bucky only sees, you know, he sees Sam as Sam. He doesn't, I don't, I don't know. He, and, and he, and he just sees the relationship there with, with, as you said, with the shield and with Steve and, you know, that's, that's the universe he's looking at. Sam is looking, is, is looking at it in a whole nother level. And then I think Bucky realizes that that racial component whenever he takes him to see Isaiah. Yeah. Uh, yep. Bradley. And 
I think he, you know, he, he picks up on that concept, but I think, you know, that's part of what Sam is feeling as far as why he doesn't uh, fully feel like the shield is his or, or and he's, it feels like he's at, at war with himself because he is dealing with, you know, he, he he's dealing with, you know, we, in the first episode, you know, again, why it was so important to have that episode and the, the individual stories when he was at the bank and trying to get a loan and thinking that, hey, I'm an Avenger. And then he gets treated the way that he does until, and then the guy has the gall asking for like a selfie <laughs> after he like right. treats him that way. And then, of course, we, and then, uh, you know, whenever they do go to Baltimore and we see the little kid say, hey, it's Black Falcon. Right. And he's like, no, it's just Falcon. No, my dad says you're Black Falcon. No, it's just Falcon. And, and when I saw, when I, when I was watching the episode, it reminded me of a conversation you and I had offline from whenever we were doing show prep or something and, and uh, how it's always like woman director or yeah, and, and or Black this, you know, yep. in the blank. And I just love the way Sam like dealt with that with the kid is just like, no, I, I am just Falcon. You know, right. you don't need to like, you know, qualify it with this, with this, you know, with, with black on it. And, and, you know, and it's, I, I'm so glad they like brought that into this show. And I, you know, and it really does show, you know, getting off out of universe for a little bit, but it's with just when you have diversity and, and different perspectives of people telling the story. And I think that's also came across in black Panther with Ryan Coogler. And now with with Malcolm Spellman, who's a black showrunner and has a you know predominant a, a, a diverse writers room, you're you're seeing those kind of things sprinkled into these stories. And and I couldn't also help but think about Watchmen too, with right. uh, with how um, Lou Gossett Jr.'s character, how you know he also had to like hide himself as far as not showing who 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 he really was. And I saw that with Isaiah Bradley. And how America, if they knew that they're here, they're actually the actual first Captain America actually wasn't Steve Rogers, but was was Isaiah Bradley, <laughs> at least in the comic book, that was the case. Mm-hmm. I don't know if they made it that clear in the MCU, um, but how how things would may would have been different, and and again how we treat our heroes differently, and and then of course uh, they you know they lock him away uh, for. Not clear what the reason is in the MCU, at least in the comic, it was because he allegedly stole Cap's uniform. But, uh, but, um, you know, I just really felt, you know, getting to our conversation as we started off about why the first episode was so important to set these two characters up and and getting it to that couple therapy session where the motivations for, you know, Bucky wanting to, uh, you know, where he's his self. Validation is like tied into that shield, and Sam's is like tied in something else, not necessarily the shield, but he's not sure. We don't, we at this point are not sure what it is. Well, it's all about identity. Yeah. And what I really liked about this episode is to add a character who we all knew was coming, John Walk. Mm-hmm. We all kind of knew he was going to be presented as the, the new cap. He also has a bit of a imposter syndrome going on. Yeah. He also is is an army vet or someone who who probably is very 
is more present day and and this character he's been a captain before it shouldn't yeah. be so different than than now um i still think it's kind of weird though how they chose somebody without any powers um i don't understand that at all not to say that sam does have powers but he he had a red wing mm-hmm. yeah. <laughs> <laughs> I wanted to do that sorry um, sorry Rich. sorry i'm so sorry about red wing <laughs> even though bucky was like He's yeah. like, damn it, I missed my chance. <laughs> but I, I I also just liked the very subtle introduction of John Walker in in that room, the anxiety, the the suit. Um I also for I don't know what it was, but they did another magic trip where I got so engaged with just seeing seeing Bucky and Sam being buddy cop, doing their Avenger thing, and then kind of getting their butts kicked. Yeah. Only for John to show up. And I'm like, whoa. Oh, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> oh, okay. <laughs> I just, <laughs> if anyone can bring these two together, it'll always be Cap. <laughs> yep. <laughs> <laughs> John Walker has a different approach to bringing them together, but <laughs> enemy is my enemy. Um, so I, I think you're, you're spot on with this whole idea of how all of the, the, these, these three characters, um, are all suffering from their own identity crisis. Mm -hmm. Um, and they're going and they're having very different reactions to the shield and who has the shield and the choices being made about the mantle and, and more importantly, Steve Rogers legacy. Yeah. Um, and then to add on a layer of complexity because the MCU doesn't like anything simple. No. They 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 introduce Isaiah Bradley and they talk about another a different angle on that legacy that we mm-hmm. haven't seen before, which brings me to my next point. We were talking about WandaVision and mm-hmm. all of the retcon that they ended up doing towards the end. Bet MGM has an unreal deal for sports fans in Virginia. Turn $5 into $150 instantly when you place your first wager at Bet MGM. Simply download the Bet MGM app and sign up using code CHAMPION150. Then, place a $5 wager on any sport. You'll receive $150 in bonus bets, regardless of your wager's outcome. And if you think the fun stops there, the king of sportsbooks has plenty of surprises in store. Check out daily promotions, same game parlays, live bets, and so much more. Download the app in Virginia today and get $150 in bonus bets instantly from your first wager only at BetMGM. BetMGM and GameSense remind you to play responsibly. See BetMGM.com for terms. 21 plus only. Virginia only. New customer offer. Subject to eligibility requirements. Rewards are non-withdrawable bonus bets that expire in seven days. Please gamble responsibly. Gambling problem? Call 1-800-GAMBLER. Promotional offer not available in Washington, D.C. They're doing that with with this show, too. Yeah. They're, they're doing it very slowly. I mean, we got a lot of retcon at the end of WandaVision. But again, just when you think you understand these characters because you've seen them in probably five, six movies, doesn't mean you've really sat down and explored all of the nuances. And I think that's what's so fascinating about these MCU shows is that they're able to take these characters and really expand upon their characters 
and the MCU as a whole. Yeah. Yeah. Totally. Totally. And they really, I mean, they really touch on the original sin of the MCU as far as, you know, with, with the racism and, and, and how, you know, as I mentioned before, how we treat our heroes. And the thing, the other thing that really was, a was something that the, the moment the episode started out to for me was seeing the when John Walker was introduced at, at his hometown uh, stadium on Good Morning America and, and, and watching the the drum line. Yeah. Uh, and of course, of course, they were playing Star Spangled Man, of course, which you know again the parallels between Steve and and and, and John Walker. But instead of it being the you know war bonds USO type show with Steve at World War II, now we're you know we're we get, we know we have a predominantly black marching band, and then and then fast forward and it really drove home the point whenever we were introduced to Isaiah Bradley later in the episode and just the the real juxtaposition of the of the two how these individuals are being treated. I mean, yes, John Walker, you know, he's like, he's, he's, he's had three medal of honors and he, he figured out how to do the, you know, I thought another little, a little funny aside was whenever he and, and, and Bucky were having a back and forth about, you know, throwing yourself on a grenade. So, yeah. you know, he's all, he's almost, you know, it's one of those things where this guy is like too, they're, they're setting him up to be like too perfect. Well, I, see, then, I, view him as perfect though i found performance that russell wyatt is giving to be to be very very stiff just like steve was originally steve Mm -hmm. is always viewed as a very stiff character who who always has an explanation for things and always does the right thing and and i think there's 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 a few cracks where it's kind of just like okay you're yeah just admit it you are not steve rogers you never will be steve rogers so what are you doing yeah why are you here yeah yeah well when i say too perfect i mean as far as just like the, the polished image but then you're but you are right i mean we are we do see those cracks and one, one of the arrogance of walker mm-hmm. uh especially as far as how especially you know, how he he treats sam and and, and bucky uh, whenever he, whenever he and uh, Battlestar rescues them, um, but uh, but also, but later in the episode too, when uh, he he bells Bucky out, uh, yeah. when Bucky misses his quarter pointed uh, session uh, to to basically go to, to go to Munich to help 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 Sam, so um, yeah, so you know, so it's one of those things you, you we already see like. You know, to your point, the imposter syndrome, the and him trying to, and also everyone trying to live up to the legacy of Steve Rogers. Uh, but uh, you know, I think we will, as things progress. I don't know. If, I don't know if he will. You know, he'll. You know, he'll eventually become a U.S. agent like he did in the comics. I'm sure. Uh, obviously, the MCU always takes their own little spin on things because, of course, whenever this character was first introduced, he was, you know, he was like super patriot. So he was, you know, he was he was introduced to, to because Steve wasn't seen as, you know, as patriotic enough and stuff. And and that's why they introduced this character in, in the comics. So, um, 
so we'll, yeah, it'll, it, you know, it'll be, you know, I think they will take that kind of path with 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 Walker and Sam in this particular in this in this series, where Sam grows into realizing that you know this this Walker dude is just he is the antithesis of, of Steve, and and if if we want to carry Steve's legacy on properly, I've got to take up the shield. Yeah, yeah. And and I mean, he should be given the shield because he knows what the difference between a sorcerer and a wizard is. And and we're all in. You know, what are we fighting this week? An android, an alien, or a yeah. sorcerer? Yeah, <laughs> yeah. And shout out. I mean, I feel like sometimes people really are listening to our podcast because they even name dropped White Wolf. Yeah. And and they alluded to a story of why Bucky is not in Wakanda. Okay. Mm-hmm. There's a story there. There was there some times that we missed out on. Yeah. Um, and meanwhile, while they're doing all of this, these writers are still like, oh, oh, don't get too distracted because we have this a whole flag smasher, not a cool name. But did we tell you that these are all super soldiers? No. Okay, well, they are. And did we tell you that they are? they have a really ambiguous... Um, motivation there mm-hmm. because it goes there, there was a line in the first episode where they talked about some people think that the world was better during the blip mm-hmm. why would why would you think that oh well i mean half of the population got blipped out yeah. <laughs> <laughs> and it got removed and suddenly there's enough resources and so now these flag smashers are stealing resources to give back to those who are in need of it, because now that all of these people are back, we're still without enough resources to support that population. And and I like that, and I like how they're, um, they set it up at the end of the episode that the, this group is also being chased by someone. Mm-hmm. Probably the person who who they stole the super soldier serum from. Probably. Yeah. 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 Oh, that is the United States government. United States government. (laughs) Right. Right. Which we know the government can always be trusted with secrets, and they they never turn around and say "Hail Hydra." Nope. No. Never have happened. Never's been infiltrated. Which, speaking about Hydra, the tease of Zemo. Mm. So beautiful. It was. (laughs) Oh. Perfect, perfect ending to an episode of just like, <laughs> we're just getting started. We are just <laughs> getting started. No, I'm having a great time with this this show so far. Um, it, it constantly surpasses my expectations. Yeah, I agree. Same here, same here. I mean, I, I know it right out of the gate, I really have just been on board i mean i think it has the the right amount i think it's the right mixture of character development right mix of action we're not unlike wandavision where everybody was just getting so wrapped around the axle and theory spiraling about what's this what's this mean and what that mean and what's to come and blah 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 i think this time around folks are just sort of letting the story just roll out and and just and, and riding with it and just going for the ride that they're taking us on. And I think and at the end of the day, I, just like with, I think with this one, 
people hopefully will even be more more satisfied with the finale. Whereas I know some folks with at least with WandaVision, some people, yeah, I like the finale, but you know, it 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 uh, you know, some folks didn't feel like completely stuck to landing. Whereas this one, I think actually might. Yeah, I I think. Well, I'm not going to jinx them. I don't yeah. know what's going to happen. It's only two episodes, but so far they're they are really making good choices. So mm-hmm. I'm looking forward to watching whatever happens. Yeah, yeah. Happen. Um, now going back to uh, DC and Batwoman, it's very surprising. I actually feel like I finally got a solid Batwoman episode. Yeah. I, I mean, I the Alice stuff very forgettable, but the the freaking black mask stuff. Okay, the the scene where they're on the conveyor belt or whatever, and Ryan's looking over at this at this other guy, and and I'm just like, whoa, what is happening here? This looks like something out of the '60s. Like this yeah. is really disturbing and then they said no 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 it's not like the 60s because this show is about to become a bit pg-13 borderline raw because we're gonna we're gonna saw this man in half and you're gonna see the blood and i'm like okay so batwoman is not for children got it roger yeah Yeah. (laughs) as long as black mask is around not a villain that you want your kids watching on tv no definitely not definitely not Jeez. Yeah. What What about you? What are your overall thoughts on this week's episode of Batwoman? Yeah. So I, you know, I didn't want to spoil it for you, but I, I did. I did send you a message out this this morning. I was like, Yeah, our our, our faith in the writers it, it was 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 definitely uh, they they rewarded our faith because this that uh, you, you're right. I, it's the this is the first episode in many weeks where whenever we first started talking about this season. Mm-hmm. Uh, where I felt like I, I was like, oh yeah, I can't wait to talk to talk with you about this episode tonight because you're right. It's uh, and it it, it it served the the purpose of a solid mid season finale. One, yeah. And it, to, to, for one, like you said, I mean, we you know we've we've ha- we've heard the name Black Mask being dropped th- throughout the show, uh, and, and in particular this season. But when they introduce him, and as you said, very graphically <laughs> introduce him to to this show, it's just like, okay, all right, Alice, yeah, you're you're a badass. We we're gonna badass you plus one because you know he and the motivations that he has in wanting to to kill Batwoman are very very clear. Mm-hmm. And, and and it's not wrapped up in the in the canes, crows, you know, all that drama. So it's just pure, just like you, you know, harm. You know, it was you know we didn't save my daughter kind of deal. And now it's I am just going to I'm literally going to saw you in half. So, um, and 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 then also utilizing Angelique, uh. That was another thing too. Whenever uh, with the uh, the false face society, once you're in, 
I mean, basically, you're, there's only what's your end. You're in. There's only one way out. And the way he like, uh, when captured when he captured Angelique and basically uh, laid out the the terms for her her exit as a way to get her to not um, confess to what actually happened when they when the police commissioner was killed, right. was assassinated. That was another chilling moment where I was just like, this this dude's not playing. Right. I mean, it, they they really took the gang element, which we, this isn't the first gang we've seen play on the show because mm-hmm. it was, it, Alice was Alice and the Wonderland gang. Right. So I found, I found it interesting how they're like <laughs> Black Mask and the Faceless game. And I'm like, okay, yeah. how many gangs? Yeah there in the city and why do they come just when another one has been removed but whatever yeah and they all have the initials ffs i'm like oh, that's pretty that was, that was a nice play on on work on that initial there <laughs> i i think um i i don't i think why black mask works so well in this episode is because they really made it a point to we we've seen throughout these last few episodes with ryan We've seen how she really despises the crows mm-hmm. with good reason. Yeah. And in this episode, we were not only that was not only only pushed forward, but the GCPD, mm-hmm. like, which is a reminder. Yeah. This city still has its own police department that is corrupt, filled yep. with a bunch of racism, a lot of issues. Yeah. And then on top of that, you have Black Mask, who, yes, is sadistic horrible guy scum of the earth but he's also looking at batwoman gcpd crows and like you're all the same too aren't we all doing the same here i mean batwoman you and i are both doing the same thing we're wearing a mask we are we are trying to protect those that the crows and the gcpd are unable to protect or unable to want to do like Mm -hmm. there is no justice in this city yeah, yeah. And, and it was I thought yeah. was so brilliant to do. Yeah. And we we did talk about this before, how the the issue is Alice is not Ryan's villain. Right. And and they made it very good they did a very good job in this episode to say, No, 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 no Black Mask is the mm-hmm. villain. Yeah. Um and I, I like it. I like the twists and turns with Angelique. Um I'm glad she's in jail because I was a bit tired. Um I called it from the get-go, okay? Jordan, you're not the first one to start shipping these two. I think <laughs> this is the first time that we've ever seen them on camera. Um, yep. This is going to happen, Will. Mm-hmm. I don't know if it's going to happen quickly, but when Sophie said not even uh, enemies to lovers, maybe, Sophie in denial, the writers are going to push this. They're going to push yeah. it really for next season. <laughs> yeah, yeah, they are. They are. And I'm not sure how I feel about that. I, I, I really, I, I really don't. I mean, I, I, but I, yeah, but I, but I will say with Sophie, I feel that from where the character started this season to where she is now, I feel like we've got a lot of growth in that character. And it's no longer, you know, pining about Ryan, uh, not Ryan, but uh, Kate, uh, and yeah, and well, she's also out now. Yeah, that was a big part of her right. whole thing last season. It was right. she was the one in the closet. Mm-hmm. She was 
So it's they've they're not focused on that part of Sophie. They're focused on Sophie being in denial about her job. Yeah, and I like that. Yeah. Yeah, I mean and that's why I think that's really good growth with with you know, with that and and of course having her sister be uh, a Black Lives Matter activist and yeah. and really and really shows shows that tension and you know whenever they're in the garage whenever um, she was getting chased by the black mask uh, false face gang because she witnessed what actually did happen. And, you know, and they were like forced not only to help each other out because of sisters, obviously, but also to, um, you know, for, for that one moment, you know, Jordan's like, well, well shit, if I'm gonna live, I got to trust a crow, even if, you know, it, you know and this, who just happens to be my sister. So, right. uh, so, you know, making these strange bedfellows, it, it, you know, to, to deal with the, the overarching enemy that, that is black mask, that's going to be, you know, focal point for the rest of the season really does, you know, it, you know, it really gets drives into some of those story points that they, they set the groundwork early on the season between Sophie and, and Ryan uh, and, and their, and their prior, you know, relationship as far as uh, Ryan taking the fall for Angelique and uh, Ryan, you know, obviously didn't have a distrust of police and the crows and, at all. And, and so, you know, so I'm glad they're carrying those things forward and 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 dealing with these issues in a way that yes, it is sometimes on the nose, but 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 it's actually serving the larger story too. So it's a good way that the writers are integrating those types of real life issues into into the show. There, there was a lot more nuance and subtlety, and more about differences of perspective. Mm-hmm. Um, and that was a lot of what we saw in the first season. And I don't think we've seen too much of in this episode um, because all of the storylines were, were interwoven in a way where you would for you, you were surprised when, when it did approach a certain um, public topic or, or whatever yeah. political um, topic. And, and again, the MVP of the episode is a classic Mary moment where Mm -hmm. Mary out of nowhere because and I think this has been a problem I've had with Ryan for a while is where Ryan's constantly the one almost in a in a judgment way of telling Luke and Mary like the choices they've made especially in relation to Alice have been wrong and here's why and that's not we're supposed to stand for something else Mm -hmm. um and but in this episode, Mary comes out of nowhere and it's just like, no, 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 no. You you see what you're doing. This is what we call hypocrisy. Hypocrisy. You're doing exactly what Kate did with Alice. Mm-hmm. Yeah, you're I love that moment. Yep. I was just like, I was like, oh no, she didn't. <laughs> yeah, yep. I, I was like, this is like that was the moment I fell in love with Mary. <laughs> <laughs> Take a shot for every time Will says that when we're talking about that one. <laughs> Yeah, <laughs> I mean, I've liked Mary, but I really that, that was like okay. This is the this is yeah. I mean, you're right. That I'm glad you brought that moment up because uh, that that was to me one of the standout moments of the episode. And it and and I think it it allowed Ryan to to suddenly realize 
A very similar moment to Iris this week in watching The Flash, where Iris um, writes a story and then Allegra tells her, you're writing, you're, you're totally in the wrong here. You're not, you are the story and you have to embrace that. And it's like, Batwoman is a symbol and there's been a code for a reason, but at the end of the day, you're human. Mm -hmm. So your relationships and your entanglements, it's always going to cloud your judgment. Like, like, yeah, that's Alice, but she's still a daughter of someone, a sister to someone. Mm -hmm. And just like Angelique has been with you through your ups and downs, got you through the orphanage and all of this stuff. But but at the end of the day, she's working for some really shady people and she needs to, in order to help us get justice for the city, she needs to own up to what her involvement and do the right thing. And, and so I just, I love how that all played out. I think we're finally, thank the Lord, over this whole Ryan and Luke being bothered by each other because of Kate. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. <laughs> um, now, here's my question, Will. Yeah. Is the quote-unquote new Kate Kane going to be Black Mask's daughter? No. So, the new Kate Kane, it will be... it. So, what they're going to do, it looks like, in a way that they... You know, because my big concern last week when we first got the news about Wallace coming on the show was uh, how would they integrate this recasting into the story? So it looks like with this new Enig with Enigma, because, you know, that's another character that has been name-dropped mm -hmm. several times this season. And and so we finally did, at the end of the episode, see, you know, learn who Enigma was. And we also, I think we, I'm not sure if, if what was going on with Julia Pennyworth when she was talking with the uh, uh, guy on the phone, uh, whether or not Enigma was a result, did something to Julia yeah. or not, but she's going, but we did, but we, you know, getting back to Alice for just a moment. I remember Alice and o Ocean were, uh, their, their minds were washed of their memories by Enigma. And so basically Black Mass is going to be doing this. They, they did find the actual Kate and, and so they're going to use, you know, obviously do whatever mind thing it is that's going to, you know, reintroduce Kate back into back into the story, uh, physically into the story, I should say, um, and, and, and whatever nefarious things that they're going to have her do as far as carrying out whatever evil ends that Black Mask's ultimate goal is to to, to, to mess with Gotham and, and the Crows and everyone else. Yeah. So, so, you know, and so, and of course they'll, you know, cause they said, you know, the, the headline, whenever we were in, is, is an altered Kate Kane. So not only is she going to be physically altered, but also mentally th things are going to be adjusted as well by Enigma. Right. Right. Yeah. I, um, I like the foreshadowing that mm -hmm. occurred at the beginning of the episode. Because mm -hmm. they, they made a point of saying, may may her memory bring you peace. Mm -hmm. And we know that the memory is actually going to be causing a lot of haunting. Um, just like how, how, the, how we saw memory, knowing people before an event 
like a kidnapping or um, a death of a family member and knowing them after uh, you're almost knowing two different people. Yeah. So, yeah. Um, so I think, I think that'll, I, I mean, I, like you said, kind of skeptical, a bit nervous, especially how the first bunch of episodes have played out. Um, but like you said at the very beginning, always have faith in these writers because they they have they can turn it around real quickly. Yeah, yeah. And then, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> and also yeah. dig themselves a hole. <laughs> yeah, they can also dig a hole. But so yeah, but they but we you know given that we are left with the you know the the t- typical CW. Arrowverse cliffhanger. We, we we got a good one as far as uh, as far as the the midseason finale. So I, I think it was a very strong episode to end to, for them to go on, on a hiatus. And um, yeah, I, I, I'm 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 back on the train of looking looking forward to the show uh, each week uh, because I know for the last couple uh, weeks it was kind of kind of a drag, but uh, but I, I'm my faith has been restored. <laughs> All right, Will, that's it for us tonight. Um, tell our listeners where they can find you. Yes, you can find me at Will Impulk, W-I-L-L-M-P-O-L-K on Twitter. And you can find me on Twitter at SJ Belmont, S-J-B-E-L-M-O-N-T. Please follow our crew on Twitter at Scene and Nerd. Find us on Facebook, follow us on Instagram. But most importantly, rate, subscribe, comment on Apple Podcasts, Spotify, YouTube, or wherever you get your podcasts. Good night, geek out. You're welcome. 